Unlock the full potential with your business with Leadershipity. Our proven strategies have fueled growth for countless organizations. Ready to elevate your leadership and scale your success? Book your free 15-minute consultation now. Click the link in the show notes below and let's make your business soar. So one of the things that I tell families is that there are two aspects to name, image, and likeness. But at its core, it is entrepreneurship. We are here because there are businesses that can be created based on the physical attributes of our sons and daughters. And when those businesses are created, our sons and daughters deserve a piece of the pie. If you create a video game that will not exist without the essence of my child, you should give my child a portion. Welcome to NIL for You. I'm Rob Finkelstein, uh, along with my co-host, uh, Trent Clark. I am the founder and CEO of Alumni Direct, where we created a platform to help Affinity Group's alumni to uh, work together, uh, network and connect, uh, especially kind of gearing in towards athletes. And uh, we have uh, Trent Clark. Trent, tell us a little about you. Hey, Rob. I'm thrilled to be here as usual, man. Always talking NIL. So excited about our guest today. As people know, I am the CEO of AIM NIL Academy. I'm thrilled to be here talking education on NIL because it's all we do. I am a longtime coach, professional baseball coaching in three World Series. I am a professional speaker and consultant to the one percenters. So I am always excited to join as these kids learn about business, the parents, and man, it's going to be so special today because these parents are going to get like a 400 level course from our special guest today. So it's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah, I'm really excited. And today uh, we're going to talk about NIL and the family. I mean, it's, it's a big topic and we have James Zeta Cleveland. Uh, she is the founder and CEO of Sports Mom University. How are you doing today, James Zeta? I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, it's our pleasure. We're looking forward to it. I think there's a, a lot of good things that are come out uh, today for our uh, viewers and listeners. Yeah, James, this is going to be awesome just to talk a little shop. Give us a quick background on James Zeta. Where'd you grow up? How'd you start Sports Mom University? And did you see this like, hey, when you were like a 15-year-old girl going through school saying, you know what, one day I'm going to do, I'm going to be out there educating these parents how to guide their kids through this mess. (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) So I'm an army brat. I've lived all over the world, but we have been in Tennessee about 20 years. Ironically, came here through the military and decided to stay because it's a great place. Nashville is a great place to raise a family. I did not see myself having a consulting firm at all. I got it truly because of my life. One of the things that my kids had to do was play a sport because they weren't going to be couch potatoes. And I had a couple that happened to be very good at it. So my first time going through the recruiting process, I went with my oldest daughter for cheerleading and for track and very quickly realized that you don't know things. There's no one just standing around saying, hey, let me teach you what all these words and terms mean. Let me tell you what questions to ask. I went through the recruiting process the second time with my son for football and basketball. Ultimately, he played Division One football at the Air Force Academy. But football and basketball recruiting in the revenue-generating sports, completely different from the non-revenue-generating sports. 
once again, I found people that wanted to train my kids or they wanted to do the recruiting process for me for a fee. But what I didn't find is someone who had my same philosophy. And so I raised my kids in such a way that you're never going to make a disciple by the way that you catch a ball or jump over a hurdle. But in your your sole goal in life is to make disciples. If you don't do that, you have missed your meaning for being here. And so I raised them with an eye that, yeah, you were good at it, but you could stop the sport tomorrow. And if you stop the sport tomorrow. <laughs> All you... I need is a little coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. Thank you, James. Said. <laughs> I appreciate you You're building these young men and women to go out and build disciples. That is awesome. And so I didn't find anybody that respected that, honestly, not in the per se recruiting world. And so along the way, you'll find that I collect people. And so I had moms that I knew that had questions. And then I had people that I knew that can answer the questions. So originally I was just a connector. I would do little small events to put people in the same space so that people can get their questions answered. A couple of years ago, I took a sabbatical the year my son graduated from the Air Force Academy. And in that sabbatical, I did an event for high school football moms and people showed up and they paid to show up. And a friend said, you know, this thing that you've been doing, helping people, you should really pray and see if this is the thing that God wants you to do. And so I was like, okay, I'll do that. And I was very convinced that I would only work with high school and middle school students. So when I originally started my consulting firm, what we do here is we help sports families understand who they are and how they prefer to show up in the world so they can have an identity outside of sports. And originally, you know, we do that so that they can make decisions in three areas right now, academics, athletics, and entrepreneurship. But when I first started, I was only focused on middle school and high school. And we were talking about athletic decisions and economic decisions. But then a couple of years ago, I realized that there are no parents in the NIL space. And so what I did is I got on faith and I put together everything that I knew about NIL. And I created a class in June of 2021. And I said, okay, I'm going to teach this class four times and then I'm going to be done. And those four classes, I'm still teaching that same class on Thursdays. And it just spawned into a new part of my business. So in two years, I've done a lot of speaking. I've done the first and only NIL conference for families, by families, called You Can Succeed. And it's just been a great thing just to help families understand what's really going on in the name, image, and likeness world. Yeah, that is so good. And there are so many questions for parents. And so to understand this, right, there are 570,000 college athletes, right? So that's just at that level. All of them have parents <laughs> that are trying to understand what's going on. Then you have 8 million high school athletes. Some of those are going to be recruited probably to the tune of about you know, somewhere in the tune of about a half a million are going to fall in this recruiting scale. So it's a significant percentage, whether that's about 15%, 12.5%. Like there's a lot of kids that are headed in that direction. Now it won't decide ultimately that, hey, this is for them. But man, this is now this big factor. And what I'm hearing in my world is parents are just playing from behind, right? And, and I feel like the whole thing is playing from behind. It was announced and here we go. And, and the universities don't have a lot of knowledge. The kids don't have a lot of knowledge. The parents don't have a lot of knowledge. And there are a lot of required business acumen here to really get this done right. So walk us through, James, that uh, 
NIL, what that means, and actually the business concept that's going on here? Because I think a lot of people don't understand that. So one of the things that I tell families is that there are two aspects to name, image, and likeness. But at its core, it is entrepreneurship. We are here because there are businesses that can be created based on the physical attributes of our sons and daughters. And when those businesses are created, our sons and daughters deserve a piece of the pie. If you create a video game that will not exist without the essence of my child, you should give my child a portion. And so that part, we're heavy on entrepreneurship. Or do you want to launch a business? Do you have an idea of yourself for business? And once you understand that you can be a business or you can be in business, then let's talk about, let's position yourself to partner with the business. A lot of what we see in the name, image, and likeness world, when people say NIL, they're thinking, in my opinion, paper play, or let me represent a business. Let me partner with the business. You're a prominent athlete. You're worth a certain amount of money, and I'm going to give you that certain amount of money, and I'm going to cover it up in something pretty to make it seem like I'm actually paying you for a service. That is not what the intent or the reality of name, image, and likeness is. It's just that we exist in CAAA, college athletics. They exist in an ecosystem that understood, I'm going to give a high-level athlete a, second, a certain amount of dollars to come play at my school. And so we've kind of retrofitted NIL into the old pay-per-play model. And it's really unfortunate because we're missing an opportunity to teach young men and young women what entrepreneurship what partnership in a business really is. And you don't have to partner forever. Not everybody's not going to be a business owner, but you should at least understand the concept of business ownership. And that is what's really missing. It's all, do you have value? Oh, if you if I think that you have value, then I'm going to give you a little bit more money. But it's not about, okay, did I just teach you to discover like what drives you? What are you passionate about? What should you really be out there doing? What causes? Is there someone that is there a business or a cause that you can come alongside and you can form a partnership with and you can do that forever? We're completely missing that aspect. Now, do you see a difference, James Zeta, in, I guess, like the star athlete versus uh, some of the other athletes and, and how their families uh, kind of take the NIL? Really, one of the key differences is people who have, quote unquote, stars or position or rank a lot of times I see families going in with expectations. I'm going to get, what can you do for me? Which is very ironic. Some parents are asking for things. I'm like, please, you haven't proven you can like the team yet. Let's not ask for travel for your whole family for the year. Let's not ask for an apartment. Let's not ask for a card. You haven't even proven that you could get in the school yet. Help me help you. Um, so I, I have found that when the child has more of a rank, there is, and it's not just the families. It's the culture of NCAA sports that's fostering it. It's, I'm going to ask for something because I believe you're going to make money off my son or my daughter. For kids that go to smaller schools, there's often the expectation that they have zero value because they're not ranked or they're not going to be power five, group of five. But they have an extreme amount of value. There are viable businesses that we've never even heard of and they only do business in that city. So I find that if they're outside of the power five or the group of five, the expectation is for nothing. 
because they feel like they have no value. Yeah. And that, that's absolutely crazy to me, right? As an entrepreneur, you and I both know, James, that uh, as owning our own companies, like there's value everywhere, right? And, and we meet people every day who have very sizable, I'm an entrepreneur organization member. So I have 18,000 companies worldwide that are members of an organization that do a million dollars or more in their business. Many are HVAC companies that don't operate anywhere outside of that town. And they're doing heating and cooling and they service like a large market, a, a city, a Nashville. And there's drive down the street on any Monday morning and you're going to pass five HVAC trucks moving to different things that are going on. They are plenty of companies and they're probably not operating outside of Nashville because there's plenty of work right there. And so you have major universities right in town, right there at the university. You have, it, you have obviously Vanderbilt, which is probably the most prestigious school in the SEC from an academic standpoint. And while they may not be on the top tier, minus baseball, like, uh, and a couple other sports at Vanderbilt, they're not always on the top tier. But listen, Nashville's a huge town. If those kids want to have an entrepreneurial venture, I see kids at an SEC school like that who can create value for a brand that can leave school with a couple hundred thousand dollars of income over their four years. And if you got a full ride to Vanderbilt, last time I looked, I think that education's like $70,000 or something a year or more. I mean, you already received $280,000 in value of education. And now you're going to add in this small business that you have to operate and manage. And here's the real thing for me, James said, I really want to speak to this because as you talk about that entrepreneurship, business is hard. These kids aren't saying, Hey, I've already got a four year in marketing, business management, accounting, you know, the different things, right? So I want you to talk to that right after you introduce your assistant today. Well, my assistant is the king of the castle. This is Noah. He runs the entrepreneur that is Cleveland. But I'm going to go back to what you just said. You're talking a, a micro view. And tell me where in the NIL infrastructure that people are being taught, kids are being taught to think micro. Aim NIL Academy. And you would be one of the rare, rare places. Because when you go out and look at this, the infrastructure as, at large, it's, are you Nike worthy? Uh, worthy, And it's discouraging for kids because uh -huh. you just gave the secret sauce. Everybody can be a hometown hero. Everybody. You can make a ton of money and you never leave your home. Oh, you can just be great right there. And I, for me, one of the key misses and one of the things that make athletes feel like they have no value is because they're not being taught to think micro. But I'm going to just say the infrastructure at large, there are coaches and there are school administrators who benefit from preventing kids from thinking micro. Because if, if I only make you or allow you to focus on are you Pepsi worthy, then you don't even try. And then I don't even have to have the NIL conversation because you don't even try because you think, well, I'm not an Adidas kid. I'm not a Nike kid. Well, Nike don't have a lot of Nike kids. We're professional athletes that are not Nike worthy, but they're pros. Whereas if you just teach them, there is value right here in our local community. 
and teach them to go drive that value. Because fun fact, when you drive, when you teach them to drive the value locally, that's more people that are going to buy tickets. That's more, more people that may donate. But the thought process, in my opinion, is about control. And so we have kids who generate billions of dollars in revenue or thousands of dollars in revenue, depending upon the, the size of the city where they are going to school. And they think that they can't even make $5 on their own because they're looking at themselves and saying, well, I'm not good enough for a Nike endorsement or I'm not good enough for Puma. And that allows them to be controlled because they don't even try. It's mm. so interesting to me, by the way. That is so interesting to me. Sorry, I, I jumped you, Rob. Sorry about that. <laughs> you saw that question spinning around there. No, I know, man. I was just like, oh my God. Because, you know, here's the, here's the other thing. It's like equating logic, right? Like you go to a Big Ten school, any of the Power Five, they already have a shoe deal. They already have a, a sports sponsor. Nearly everyone is aligned with Adidas, Nike, New Balance, somebody, and it's significant. So you're almost eliminated from the big sports shoe agency anyway, because your school is going to shoot down. When you go to Michigan State University and say, hey, Adidas wants me to wear this. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> you can wear those all you want outside, but you will never wear those on a court, never wear those on our field, never wear those in our pool. You know, whatever the sport you're playing, because they can't allow it. They have an exclusive agreement. And so this is the business things that these kids don't get educated to and listen you know as i was saying before business is a tough sport right like this is this is like full time man and there's a lot of people that are really good at it and people just starting at it people take advantage of people in business and i want to kind of pivot to that where you've seen maybe somebody taken advantage of because of that lack of experience can i put you back for a second so you talked about the deal like yeah this is where fundamental parent education matters most parents do not understand the ramifications of a school having a deal with a shoe company. A great example of this is the young lady from LSU, Flaugé. LSU is a Nike school. She was what she considered on her own time, but it's not really your own time if it's just downtime from practice. Made a little rap. It referenced the shoe that she does have, you know, a deal with. And I watched an interview with her and her mom, and they couldn't understand how Nike had the power to call LSU to say, hey, she got to take that down. It's because fundamentally, you don't understand what it means to have an exclusive contract. You don't understand that Nike generates more revenue. That relationship is more important than your relationship because you're an athlete that's replaceable. And that's why parent education matters. Because there are basic things that you and I understand because we've observed the process. That families who are in the process right now, they don't even have a clue that this is important. They don't even be, have the education to look at their child and say, okay, my kid's about to make a mistake. Think you guys are in Florida, FAMU, allowing a, video, a music video. Okay, that's a Nike school as well. Okay, does this local rapper have enough money in his pocket to make up for the dollars the school is going to lose? Like, those are the things that if you had someone, a family that was educated, like, you might not listen to me, but at least I'm going to tell you, let's evaluate this. Let's evaluate this situation. Let me give you some counsel, whether you take it or not. And I think that for those of us who are in the infrastructure, there are some things that we assume are safer that everyone knows 
that really aren't. And it's those things that parents need to be aware of that cause mistakes to be made. Does that make sense? Yeah, you kind of uh, spurred another thought. And we talked about this a little bit offline, James, that uh, the importance of educating and knowing your products and access to that need. Um, you mentioned um, Maserati, the story about the athlete with the Maserati. Can you share that with the, uh, our audience? Really quickly, you're going to hear the unhappy camper right now. <laughs> okay. One of the things that came out is that particular, there's a big parent and an IL Maserati. And he did everything right, really. He did everything right. Um, but what he understand, a Maserati sits kind of low. And so when he would drive his car home, his driveway had a little small, a little small lip. I call it a lip. It's raised a little bit. So every time he would ease into the driveway, he would be damaging the bottom of, scratching the bottom of the car. He didn't realize that. So he fulfills his obligation. He goes to turn the car in. Maserati does an inspection. And he sold, hey, you've scratched the undercarriage of the car to the tune of $30,000. It's going to take $30,000 to repair this. So in that instance, he can't go to his school. He can't go to his coach. He goes home to mom and dad and it's like, okay, we got this damage. What do we do? Now, Maserati was gracious. They allowed him to work off the $30,000 of damage with a new NIL deal. But somewhere if parents were educated, they would have realized one of the things that we pointed out in our conversation earlier, that Maserati probably already had insurance for those types of things. And so that $30,000 of free labor didn't necessarily have to be. No way. No way. You're right. You're exactly right. It did not have to do. But, but also, as you know, James, that having educated parents would have said, hey, this is awesome, Tyreek. I love this deal for you. Make sure that we have zero liability. You have a physical asset that's worth very much. And so make sure in the agreement, they are paying for the insurance for you to drive this vehicle because that's a real cost. We all have, I think all of us here have had at least a 20-year-old at some time, right? And so when you have 20-year-olds, they're like, oh, yeah, hey, I want the Mustang GT. I'm like, hey, that's $1,000 to insure like every three months. So you know, the cost of the car is one issue. $4,000 a year to insure this thing is another that you can't afford. So you might be thinking Toyota Corolla, all right? Like, because it's affordable. So if, if we're going to be driving something like that, he is literally going to have like a $4,000 liability of insurance. He shouldn't be paying that. Like, this is their deal. It has to be put into the agreement. And you're exactly right. You know, it, it's a matter of getting educated. I encourage all the people out there. Get on Sports Mom University, get into that class, start learning. Obviously, we love to come to the NIL Academy. This is where you learn about what's happening. You've got to stay current with what's happening. And it's moving fast, right? It's moving fast. But the entrepreneurial business principles are great. So, James Sada, thank you so much for joining us today. You were just simply awesome. And we can't wait to have you back. Yeah, really appreciate it. I definitely want to have you back sometime because I, I, we can probably continue this conversation for hours. Uh, so you, you have a great day. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Yeah, great chance to hear from our sponsor, Alumni Direct. Of course, Rob, that's your bailiwick, buddy. So always good to hear from your group. Let's uh, take it on here. Yeah, so let's let's uh, talk headlines. Uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting things happening this week. And uh, let's uh, talk about uh, Nick Saban first. 
Yeah, let's jump into Yay Alabama. They have new official NIL, which is an interesting time to come up with an NIL group. Now, I think over 18 months into the NIL world, they announced an official NIL group of Alabama, Yay Alabama. Uh, it's pretty awesome. And I'm really impressed that Coach Saban, which he's famous for his Nick at Noon talks. A lot of people pay to go and, and hear Coach Saban talk about things. And obviously having coached with Coach Saban back in the day when he was at Michigan State, super impressive guy. And the Alabama faithful love to hear some of the stories of internally what's going on. So his Nick at Noon talks have become legendary. And now, based on this article, it sounds like that he's going to take his Nick at Noon and basically the revenue that's generated is now heading into the collective. And that's his idea to help support the collective and how the collective can support Alabama student athletes. So I just think it's a win-win. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So basically I think it was something like $95 a person. So that $95 then would um, ultimately, I guess maybe some of them might go to pay for lunch, but uh, ultimately that goes to the collective that will help to uh, pay athletes at, um, at Alabama. Now, did you know, I'm not sure if it's said or not, but is this all geared towards football since it's Nick Saban or does it go across all Alabama athletics? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. It, it is definitely uh, his his Nick at noon kind of crosses the home football games at the University of Alabama. And of course, they get a lot of them because most people want to come to Alabama to play. Uh, so they have a great home schedule. So he has a lot of Nick at noons. I do not believe he does that when they do the road show. So they got a nice little... Uh, look here at some of the, the the lineup here and they've got already besides that first one they've got another five dates on the schedule that'll take them pretty much into november so pretty impressive schedule and you know i don't know all these guests he has i love that i see his wife's on the schedule so that's pretty cool um yeah. some some alumni so uh, former players. So kind of a pretty cool deal, but I do think it's centered around Alabama athletics and Alabama football. So, so here's another quick question to that. I wonder, can, can he have current players on or would that be kind of against the rules? Yeah. Great question. The money is going to a charity. I mean, as long as the kids aren't compensated to do that, anything like that, my assumption is, is that they could come on, but I don't think they could pay them to do that. Even though, you know, it's a name image likeness play. Uh, but he, the the university can't play pay the athlete for this event, right? Like uh, the university can't employ athletes as NIL, even if it's not based on their performance. I don't believe. Now I could be wrong in that, and that's an interesting deal because so many athletes are on advertising for the university, right? I'm sure LSU is probably using Livy Dunn's uh, image for <laughs> advertising. You know, LSU Athletics and uh, obviously a popular gymnast down there. But a lot of athletes, I think, sign on. I recall uh, athletes signing on and saying, hey, I relinquish the university's use of my image, you know, for advertising and things like that. That's been common in the past. Don't know, though, if that's a common future deal. Certainly thrilled about Yay Alabama it bringing in not only Coach Saban, but Greg Byrne, the athletic director, and and a huge alum is uh, uh, our, our current decorated softball pitcher, Montana Fouts, who's so popular down on campus. I mean, she's just a fabulous player. She's involved in uh, certainly publicizing the Yale Alabama NIL. So it's pretty awesome, man. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this collective. And 
you know, I, re- I recall reading back in the day where Texas had like uh, something like seven or nine collectives initially in the first year. And they were trying to consolidate because they had a lot of different collectives and some were just very specific. They were collective. And what I remember reading within that first year of NIL was the NIL uh, baseball collective at the University of Texas was the number one funded collective, which surprised me with Texas football, but they had raised a ton of money. Obviously, the University of Texas has a lot of ex-ball players in the major leagues, a lot of successful alum. So, man, I mean, that was a pretty good deal. At, at one point, I heard the significant, it was a significant, you know, seven-figure kind of NIL collective just for baseball alone at Texas. So, man, these these programs are really doing a good job of raising some capital in, in the intent to help these kids out. Uh, with their name, image, likeness, opportunities in the market. So I'm excited about Yay Alabama. I think it'll be great. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, um, you know, we'll have some future uh, uh, shows where we talk, you know, kind of drill into collectives. And I think that's definitely a, a, an interesting one as far as having those competitive collectives with each school like you just brought up with Texas. So here's the next story. And, and this one, I guess, is kind of a, for me, it's, uh, you know, being in South Florida, you know, big name down in South Florida, obviously across NFL is Jason Taylor and his son, uh, Mason Taylor, is a tight end uh, at LSU. And he signed an NIL deal with John Deere, a John Deere dealer, uh, yeah. which is kind of crazy when you you know think of John Deere getting into this space. So uh, give me some of your thoughts on that. Man, super excited about it. Like this is another major brand that probably isn't thinking, people aren't thinking mainstream in sports like shoe contracts and you know, uh, major sports equipment vendors. So this is pretty cool because we have heard a lot of auto dealerships, but man, this is John Deere, right? And (laughs) I did not even know that Mason Taylor was Jason's son. I do recall his big uh, extra point catch against Alabama to give Alabama their loss last year and kind of knocked them out of the big four playoffs. So, you know, that was a big win for LSU. Man, what what an event. You know, he's an all-freshman SEC player. So so here you got a kid who's just doing some really fun, awesome deals. And I love that John Deere got this kid. And then, you know, I would say the one trend I see a lot, Rob, is the sons of some of these big-time athletes, right? I mean, there is a a lot. And and Mason's earning that. Like, you know, he's he's a very popular player, obviously a good player. And there's a couple other players that, you know, obviously are good athletes, highly touted college players. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal's son has done very well in the NIL space. He's done uh, just some super things. And what I think, and I, and I look at Bronny James, uh, yeah, uh, once sure. reported, it, yeah, Bronny was reported at over $7 million in high school before he's even got to college at USC. <laughs> so, you know, it's exciting to see these opportunities for these kids. But I think one of the big advantages is, they all saw endorsements with their parents for years. So they kind of know how to do this, how it works, what I'm going to need to do in order to be a spokesperson for a John Deere dealer. My, you know, Jason certainly was a spokesperson on a number of things. His father, a uh, longtime NFL player. Now, but these were back on pro endorsement deals. But the NIL space and name, image, and likeness are marketing deals and brand ambassador deals that look very similar and have the same breadth of kind of marketing effort as those pro kind of contracts when you look at name, image, likeness, and you think about models and, and uh, popular athletes that have signed in these things in the past. So I think that, I think that experience to these young athletes watching their, their parents go through that 
is a huge advantage. Yeah, I agree. And I think, uh, you know, we, we talked to Jim Zetta today and Jim Zetta talked about just educating parents and the family. And I think it's uh, to them, like you're saying, these guys uh, were, uh, you know, female athletes will have a little bit of a leg up when they've got parents that have been very successful in sports and have all those different types of endorsement deals, which, uh, which, is, which is a big thing. So uh, let's talk to the next one here. Um, you know, this is uh, Stanford's uh, Cameron Brink. Uh, she signs an NIL deal with New Balance. And we talked a little bit about this offline because uh, it, it's a little perplexing because Stanford, uh, they're a Nike school, uh, yet here's Cameron signing a deal with New Balance. So uh, what do you think about all this and, and how that might affect um, any kind of relationships, let's say, uh, with the sh- uh, shoe and apparel manufacturers? Well, first, big shout out to New Balance. Grab this young lady uh, on, from the Stanford All-Star Basketball. I mean, get her into the New Balance athlete group. I think that's really cool. You know, she's she's a really popular social media athlete. She has over half a million followers. She's already has some really significant brand deals. So that's a, that's a really feather in her cap. I mean, she is no joke last year, big 12 defensive player of the year, uh, in the conference. So, uh, a Naismith trophy finalist, she's a player. So it's super exciting to see. She's obviously has a great career there. As a senior, you can't help but love it, right? And then the other thing I love about, you know, you know, on three has her valuation at up over $200,000, currently eighth among the current women college basketball players in ranking. I don't know how accurate those figures are or the brand value index, but people are definitely putting some numbers to that. And that's pretty exciting. You know, one of the other things I, I, I saw with her, you know, partners with Buick, Celsius, Chegg, Urban Outfitters, and other brands. She's really getting in the game of entrepreneurship and building a brand. And man, that's pretty exciting. I think the one thing to talk about besides her great success is this is going to be one to watch really closely for me, Rob, because as you and I both know, Stanford's been, I mean, for as long as I can remember, a Nike school. I mean, they are, they have never left. They haven't left Nike in the in the days where people are like, well, I've heard some bad news about Nike. I don't know. And Stanford could switch. And they haven't. They've been pretty loyal over the years. So, and I want to say that stems uh, 25 years plus. So the interesting thing to this for me to watch is how does this shake out with the new balance? I've seen some of the other athletes in uh, Big Ten who they probably don't consider that uh, another athletic apparel or shoe or something could even be considered if our school already has a agreement with somebody. And there's some non-compete clause there. And so that's one of the reasons college athletes since this thing has started, have submitted to their compliance. And I, I know of one young lady who has a, the team actually had one through their NIL collective. And so with that, they had a mortgage agreement and they were promoting this mortgage brand and the whole team was doing it. It was an equal share. It was a monthly stipend. It was a really great agreement uh, up in the Big Ten. And I thought it was a pretty good value for what they were giving the young ladies for what they had to do for it, which was the number of posts and things. And they did a good job of working with the young ladies through one of our partners in base pass 
to really push the content out, what they needed to get out and how often they needed to get it. That was really good. But the one thing uh, one of our clients discussed is, well, what if another mortgage came up and wanted to pay two or three times as much? So I think she could turn down the collective money and, and therefore foregoing the exclusive agreement, right? And she could do her own thing. She would not be able to take both. So that's an interesting deal for me of how I'm watching this new balance Nike kind of Stanford thing and find out how this thing is going to go. I'm, I'm intrigued. What's, what's your thought on it? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to follow the whole thing. And I, and I think the, the one thing I, I'd like to is, uh, yeah, as a female athlete, I think she's opening up the door to other female athletes. And, you know, we've talked about this just from a perspective of, uh, you know, where they go. A lot of it, I mean, you know, I'm not sure if her talent is good enough to, to be in the WNBA. And, and even if it is, you know, how long is that career? So it's great that she has this opportunity now. And I think she's, uh, I think she's opened up the door for, uh, for others as well. Yeah, I think, I think you're right on, man. I mean, and we saw uh, the young lady from LSU basketball was number two in NIL opportunities coming out of March Madness. To, and and he, she was only second to the center at Purdue, uh, who's, a, who's a well-known commodity in the NIL space for a long time. And they were also the number one ranked team who lost in the first round, of course, right? But I think his NIL stuff was set prior to the tournament. And man, she really received a lot of opportunity. And I'm seeing a lot of the female athletes who are really doing this well. And track athletes, gymnastics, basketball, softball. I mean, the TV contracts are lucrative. For these brands out there, I cannot say enough about what a great opportunity to get some agreements together with people before especially the... I watched a lot of the Softball World Series, a lot of ESPN time. I watched a lot of the women's NCAA Final Four March Madness tournament. There's a lot of TV time. And if you're a loyal fan to your team and you're a localized brand, here's a little tip out there, folks. Get with some of these athletes before they're superstars. I mean, you can pump into these athletes that have 25, 50,000 10,000 followers and really hit a lot of your local audience. And so, and that's a very affordable, you know, monthly recurring revenue cycle you could bring into an athlete, which is very common for the NIL collectives where they're paying athletes 500, 1,000, $2,000 a month to post about their things. And so they do that very specifically that the athletes meet their posts. And then when they click that, apps like BasePath will say, hey, all has been registered for the month and they release the funds to the athlete. So uh, that happens once a month and what a great way to do it. And, you know, when you look at the young lady from LSU who probably did not have a ton of NIL deals before March Madness, what a, what a winner that would have been to get in there and then see the amount of exposure the LSU basketball team, you know, ran through that tournament. And I mean, the return... I mean, thousands on pennies, right? Like, I mean, just a great use of marketing effort in the social media space and digital marketing. Incredible. And I, and I really think good brands are figuring that out. And so these people that are active and often, I think this is the strength of the women right now in NIL is the women are being a lot more active in their digital marketing, social media campaigning, 
posts, being regular, getting followed. I think they're doing a much better job often than some of the male athletes and their counterparts. And can't say why that is, but I see it. And uh, man, I mean, for this young lady, $200,000, I assume she's on a full ride scholarship to Stanford, one of the best schools in the country. And, you know, she's going to have a career on this, but she's also going to get her degree this year as a senior. And what a great way to start life with no debt as an athlete who's sacrificed so much. And now she's got, sounds like a decent bank account to maybe put a down payment on a house, you know, buy a car to get to work. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity for someone like Cameron and she's going to show a lot of people the way. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's a, a good segue is like, I wonder what she might be thinking on NIL for good, right? Because I mean, here, here we have like athletes and you're, you're hearing all different stories. And each week we cover that. It's it's brought to you by uh, Sports Philanthropy Network, where they're building uh, more healthier, stronger, inclusive communities through sports. And so they share uh, with us each week uh, different stories. And so we're going to share these stories. And thanks to Caleb Bradham uh, as she's uh, shared them. And here's the first one. Uh, kind of interesting. I'm Jordan Nesbitt. I go to Hampton University. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, and I play basketball. And what I think I would do with my NLL is give back to the community in the hood, you know, do camps and try to just motivate the youth. It uh, looks like we're having some technical difficulties here. Uh, so yeah, we'll, that's all right. We'll, yeah, yeah I, I, I heard it pretty good. You know, Missouri basketball player growing up in an inner city environment, and he wants to give back through camps, through opportunities for kids to go to events that they wouldn't maybe have the resources to do otherwise. So I just love that, man. I mean, you know, when you when you see athletes out there, and Missouri's a big stage. That's a great right. conference, obviously. A player of his stature who's going to be just a hero in that community in the Missouri. But this is a great thing that I love about this, Rob, and someone like Cameron can really take advantage of. You know. Cameron's half a million followers. She has deep, you know, networks of followers, both in her hometown and Stanford alumni, right? And so I just love that. And now here's another young man who's going to take advantage of the community out in at Mizzou, and which I think is in Columbia, Missouri, right? Or is it Columbus, Columbia? Uh, not sure on that one. All right, might have to look that one up technical. And then also his hometown, right? Yeah. So he's looking at athletes from both of those areas, which are natural market fits for him. And as he does an NIL for good, both communities have kids that need, you know, some additional resources, shoes for camp, whatever they can do. So when you think about the NIL and the chance to give back to areas of lower socioeconomic income and be able to get the resources like a Mizzou offers, like one of their camps or a localized camp with a college player like himself that's taught all these skills, man, that's a, that's a real special thing. And so, man, when I think about Cameron Brink's reach of half a million, I mean, what an opportunity for the sports philanthropy network for Cameron and anything that she wants to promote for what she's passionate about for NIL for good. So this is just great stuff. Let's hear another one. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, my name is Sydney Stevens. I'm a University of Illinois women's soccer player, and I'm from Waterloo, Illinois. I would use my NIL to invest in education because the youth is our future. Yeah, so Sydney's talking about, she went to University of Illinois, uh, goes to University of Illinois, so shout out to her, but talking about educating youth, which is so critical. I mean, 
uh, you know, it's the pipeline for our future, obviously. So, uh, you know, shout out to her for that. Yeah. And amazing. Like what a great alignment with Sydney. You know, if I was a betting man, my guess is Sydney's probably in education. She's probably studying education at the university of Illinois. So this is like, Hey, I got a passion for this. I have a heart for this for kids. I want to go out and give, give kids a chance to, to get a higher education and get a better opportunity. And we've seen so many things around the country like that. I'm, I'm from Battle Creek, Michigan. I, I recall the Kalamazoo promise near nearly 15, 20 years ago when a, a private company decided they would create a foundation and fund so that anyone inside the Kalamazoo City School District, if they went to school from kindergarten uh, through 12th grade, all tuitions paid for any state school, any state school that they could attend. And like, what a great foundation setup, right? And so when you think about putting a face to that, like Sydney at the University of Illinois and bringing a community along like Waterloo and an opportunity to create some scholarship fund in Waterloo, like what two great markets she could probably do one right in her hometown and probably do one right there near the university, right? You have a, you have a beautiful city there at, at the university of Illinois in Champaign. And there's a little tri city area there of right around the university. So a lot of opportunity and a lot of really good companies right in that area that are big Illinois supporters that I bet would come alongside with her and create a real nice opportunity for a scholarship or something in that category. Yeah, it's wonderful to hear these stories, uh, and we'll continue to share them each week. And uh, th- this has been another great show. Uh, again, thanks to James Etta Cleveland. Just really, uh, me and Trent could have talked to her for like another hour or more. <laughs> Just a great insight and, and uh, definitely uh, need to go out and uh, and follow her for sure. And uh, each week we'll continue to cover topics. We cover the headlines. We cover uh, NIL for good. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to be talking to uh, another guy. Uh, related to financial literacy. Uh, we've got talk about collectives, but the whole idea here is it just, we want to educate people in NIL. I mean, this is a great opportunity for so many uh, young athletes, but we want them to do it the right way. And any uh, closing thoughts there, Trent? Yeah, super excited about talking to Dustin next week. You know, there's just so many opportunities for these kids. And when they do come, you know, tax, taxes are important. You have to pay taxes on this income. And being aware of what's uh, what your responsibilities are with this. I mean, this is a job. This is a company. This is work. And I think that people have to recognize that income as such. And so it's so important, as James Zetta said, I mean, I was so impressed with James Zetta being focused in on not only the athletes getting educated, but putting a support system around themselves, their par- starting with their parents, to really start understanding, hey, this is this is really adulting 400 level, right? Paying taxes now, you know, being aware of what my expenses are as a business owner and what goes into NIL when I drive across town and I can take my mileage against that and as I go to these events and, and create that. So there's so many uh, dynamics to this. And I think it's going to be fun to hear from Dustin as he speaks about tax implications as well as you know, potential how that may affect financial aid and things like that. As you know, I mean, if Cameron Brink is getting financial aid at Stanford University, they're probably not giving her that when they find out that she made two hundred 
$50,000 in income. Now, that may not be her final income, but that's a lot of revenue. I don't think she probably has $200,000 in write-offs against that business. So there's some income there, and it will probably take her out of any financial aid uh, offering. And so making more, more than most people probably make in the country, right, in their job. So pretty exciting times for these young entrepreneurs and these young athletes. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks again, everybody, for uh, joining NIL for you and uh, look forward to seeing you next week.